0: All right so we are officially live and today is Wednesday March 31st. We are Reflection Artist Live podcast. Uh, podcast number 22 with special guest Sydney Gwen. She is owner of Eyewash Auto Detailing and uh, brand ambassador for PNS. Uh, she's been in business for eight years and she's been a part of the big picture of our industry now for two years and dived right in and uh Took off with PNS in regards to being an ambassador uh, and a uh, lady de- of detailers in the industry, uh, one of the leading ones, I would say. But we want to go ahead and find out her background and how she got started, where she got started, and uh, you know, go from there. So Sydney, thank you for being on and um, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here today. Awesome. So where did you get started in detail, and how did all this come about? in in your life with cleaning cars and all the things that wrap around the detail world?
1: Well, it was totally unexpected. Um, so we had moved, I was an office administrator. That's what I went to school for, um, of a dental office. So I had done that for 14 years, um, got married, had kids. And then when my daughter was ready to go to kindergarten, we decided that we didn't want to live in Washington. So we moved back to Boise, which is where I was born and raised. So we came back here and this was about 2010 and I no longer wanted to be in the medical field. Um, Dealing with insurance companies can (laughs) wear you out real fast. So when I left there, I decided I didn't want to go back. And so we moved to um, a planned community up in the foothills of Boise and it's about eight miles away from like town. Right. And I was used to having my cars detailed and I had a black car at the time. And when I worked at the dental office, I would have the local detailer come to my office and detail my car. So I was really used to always having a clean car. And then suddenly I found myself not working in the Hills, which was dirty Mm -hmm. and nobody to wash my car. So I was bored. So I was outside washing my car every day and I had a background in, um, you know, car detailing. I always took really good care of my cars. My dad always took really good care of their cars. So, you know, I had a a good background. We had a good amount of supplies. And so we lived next to the neighborhood mercantile and the whole neighborhood would pick their mail up at the mercantile. We had like a mail room and I lived right next door to the mercantile. So every night I would be outside washing my car and all the neighbors would, You know, leave the mercantile and they'd see me and they'd stop and do the whole, hey, do you want to wash my car next? You know, thing. So, very
0: common saying, right?
1: Yes, yes. And so it was about March of um, 2013. And I got to thinking to myself, you know, I'm really bored up here and I know how to clean cars. And so maybe I should just throw it out there that I know how to detail cars. So, you know, I put it out on Facebook and I kind of started with a little bit of a business plan, you know, I mean, my husband and I kind of organized our thoughts and thought, okay, you know, I might do a couple of months, you know, was really my plan. And so I put it out on our neighborhood Facebook page one day that, you know, I was new to the area and knew how to clean cars and was happy to help out. And I think that first week I, which was April of 2013, I booked eight full details that very first week and then has never slowed down since. So wow. um, I've only had one week where I was shut down because of weather And I think that was like 2016.
0: We had four feet of snow blocking our driveway. (laughs) And you're, so you're obviously doing this out of your home. So you transitioned your garage into Uh a detail studio at this point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, and we've actually moved a couple times over the last eight years, because that first year I was literally detailing in my driveway. There wasn't really room in my garage. And, you know, we had a firebird stored in there and stuff. And so I was literally in my driveway. So we moved. Um, to where I, I could have my supplies in my garage, but I was still working in the driveway thinking I would be shut down during the winter. And no, I wasn't. I literally skated around on ice that entire first winter. So then the second winter, I just was like, I can't do that. So we moved again. And then we were in that home for three years. And then once, um, like a new section of the neighborhood opened up. And so we could get a brand new home where I could literally build out the shop the way that I wanted it. So we were there for three years and now we've been in this one for three years. Nice. So yeah. yeah. And nice. It's, it's really great. So we have um, about 1500 homes in my community. And so, you know, it really started out the first couple of years was primarily based just you know, neighbors, um, which was great for my business model because I had a very captive audience, you know, so right away my business was successful. And then it started, you know, where I get a lot of referrals, um, even from other towns that are nearby and then just down in, in the city, you know, city of Boise. So, um, I've never done any advertising at all. I've never spent $1. And it's always just been referral-based and um, it's been great. I've been so busy for the whole eight
0: years and it's just, it's a lot of fun. Have you done a website? No. No. So this is, no, this is good. This is good because (laughs) think about this. Most people, when they, when they build their business, they do a business plan. Right. And then next thing you know, their social media, right? That's always the first one because there's no cost behind it. Right. And then you have your website and then your SEO and then your marketing, maybe something local. Um, yeah. And easy, but yeah. you, on the other hand, you're literally in all the opposite side of that spectrum. Right. You're doing it out of your home. It's yep. all word of mouth. Right. Absolutely zero marketing, no yeah. website. Yeah. And now, as far as I believe, you know, social media status, of course, correct? Mm-hmm. And now is that mainly because of your industry status or did you play with social media before that to help out the detail business?
1: You know, I really didn't do a whole lot of social media before. And and it was another one of those challenges just on where I'm at. Um, I'm in this community. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows who drives what car. And so the social media thing was hard for me to get into because, you know, the power of our business is we want to show before and afters, right? Yeah. Um, and it was really hard to show before's and it really still is. Um, if you look at my social media, you don't see a ton of before's. And it's because I'm trying to respect my customers' privacy, because even though out in the world people don't know whose cars they are, Ah, in my community, yes, he knows whose cars those are. That makes
0: sense.
1: Yeah, so it's a really difficult (laughs) challenge for me. Um, you know, and then I have to be careful what I post because, you know, and so. It, it is funny because it's two totally different worlds and yeah. they could not be further apart.
0: <laughs> well, I could see yeah. that being a challenge and I could see it being yeah. a sticky situation because you know, you get, yeah, you know, Becky comes in with her minivan, right? And they all know Becky's minivan totally. And then okay. you show before and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've always seen the outside, but I've never seen the inside, so, right? Uh, and then, yeah, then, I, yeah, yeah, I, I can see where that gets weird, stuff and
1: I can't show that, <laughs> you no. know. Even though those are the impressive pictures that everybody loves, I can't show it just because of privacy. So, um, when I came onto the industry, I did try to start sharing more and I try to share what I'm doing with PNS. Um, but that's why it's a little bit difficult for customer related stuff, is just the privacy issue because so many people up here do know each other. So, that does make it difficult. And then the website, um, it is a big joke. <laughs> you know, every, Rinny, everybody gives me a bad time for not having um, a website, but And I probably need to do one, honestly, just um, for those in the industry that want to get to know me and to have like my story in one place. Um, But it's kind of funny because I'm afraid of it becoming advertising (laughs) because I, I already am so busy and I don't know where to put people. And so I'm always like, ah, how do I, how do I kind of keep my business somewhat under wraps, you know, so that it doesn't get too big but then, you know, still put myself out there, you know, to help the industry and all of that. So, um, it's, it's waters still trying to navigate.
0: (laughs) No, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And before we dive into that a little bit more, let's rewind a little bit. You said that you had a little bit of car care background and that was with your father. Is that correct? Yeah. So I take it as growing up, he was cleaning the household vehicles, you helped them out and you got into it from there
1: waxed them every couple months. Um, he, both my parents were always big on, you know, wash your own vehicle. Don't take it through a car wash. Um, you know, make sure you take care of the paint, wax it, keep all that stuff. And um, so they were both really, you know, into keeping a clean car. And then my husband also worked at a dealership detailing cars when he was in college. So wow. we both had that major love of cars, which separate from cleaning, I Very do have cool. a major love of cars, um, huge race fan, race car fan. Um, you know, I've always gone to car shows always, I just, you know, I'm one of those was one of those kids that could name any car from the taillights. So just really love cars in general. So that definitely helps
0: give that, you know, appreciation for vehicles. Now, the products you were using then as a child with, with your, mm-hmm. with your father, is that mm-hmm. something that stuck with you? And then when you started doing your own cars, you kind of, uh, fell back on knowing that those were the products that were used and you how did that work out for you? Yeah, um, you know, my dad was a huge
1: new finish fan, like the orange bottle. <laughs> That's, I mean, he would yes. use that like, you know, and I guess if you use that every two months, it's fine. <laughs> um, you know, his cars always looked great. And so no, I never use new finish in my business though.
0: <laughs> make your, make your black door handles go white in no time at all. <laughs> right.
1: right yeah, yeah. So no, I did not use the same, um, products. And then he was a big fan of washing with Dawn. <laughs> which would explain why he had to use new okay. finish all the time. So, um, while he, you know, was very worried about that, I wouldn't say that. I think at that time there wasn't, you know, the, the greatest chemicals out there or yeah. even just the way to have the knowledge. And so, um, yeah, turtle wax and new finish was his thing. Um, but when I started, I used McGuire's, you know?
0: Yeah. Jumping more into the commercial side of yeah. things. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny how that works, the evolution of chemistry from what you're used to. I mean, yeah, the, the pros and cons of that is at least you know what they could do and then also know yeah. what you shouldn't do with those things. But right. you know from firsthand experience too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's <laughs> funny. Um, <laughs> so now, you know, with, with your husband's background is, you know, and in getting into the business, I take it that obviously he was on board when you decided you wanted to really take this on as a business, especially with him doing the detail yeah. of the dealership.
1: Yeah. And so he, um, he works for the state of Idaho. So he's not home during the day, but he fully supported me doing this business. And I remember those first couple months, I had never operated a polisher he had, but I hadn't, you know, so I was really on the interior and I could wash a car like nobody's business, but had no idea what to do with paint. And so I remember those first couple months, he would get off work at 4 PM and I would get the car completely done. And then he would come home and polish it real quick and we'd return it. Like for months, he came home every day and had to polish a car. And then over those couple months, you know, he would help me and train me, um, you know, for as much as I needed to know. Back then, I was just doing like one, one steps, you know, no paint correction really. And um, so I remember that it was so funny that the first couple months I was afraid of the polisher. Um, now I'm not, but.
0: And which one did you guys get your
1: hands on to start with? Um, you know, honestly, I think we started with just the Harbor Freight six
0: inch polisher (laughs) it's not a bad machine you know yeah
1: no no now it kills my hands and my ears but no i think it was yeah (laughs) i think i've nerve damage from it in my arms but no,
0: well they say if you take it apart and put lithium grease in it that it smooths it out a lot better i've heard that yeah i've got guys that actually do that and again it's not a bad polisher is it a is it the best polisher yeah no but is it the best bang for the buck it's pretty good for a guy that's wanting to get started on a budget. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's probably totally fine for one steps. I would never try to,
1: you know, correct paint with it, but you know, just to throw a coat of polish and
0: carnauba on it, it was fine. (laughs) Yeah. So then what, what led you into wanting to advance your skill set? I mean, what was it that inspired you to want more and to do more? I mean, you're already happy. You've got a reputation in your hometown. You don't need much. So what pushed you to, to, to dig into the industry side at this point?
1: You know, so, um, I think it was probably 2015 was probably the first time that I went to SEMA and then my eyes were really open to that. Oh, there's a whole industry. Cause honestly, for those first two years, I was alone on an Island. Um, I wasn't big into YouTube at the time. And so I really just was kind of self-taught and I didn't have anybody to talk to. I didn't have any friends that did this. Right. And especially my girlfriends, they had no idea what I was doing. Um, and so I was really just totally alone and learning on my own. And then I went to SEMA and I remember walking into the North hall and I was like, Whoa, this is like a thing. Like I on it, like honestly had no idea. This is a
0: weird cult following. Yeah, I had no
1: idea that, it, that there was other people that did this and that it was a whole industry. And so when I was there, you know, I think, at, I think when I was at SEMA, I had heard about the rag company, which this is funny too, because the rag company is literally four miles from my house. But I, oh, wow. ne- I never knew anything about them until I went to SEMA. So then when I came home from SEMA that first year, I drove down and walked in and I was like, oh my gosh, you guys have products and towels. (laughs) This is fabulous. So um, shortly after that, Levi started working at the rag company. And so then just through going down and visiting with them and realizing that there was a whole industry and then Levi just had come on and started doing, you know, videos and things like that. And so then all of a sudden I had a friend in the industry that I could learn from and you know, bounce ideas off of and take my challenges to, And that was a real pivotal moment in my, in my business and my career. That was a good That's,
0: resource yeah. mentor. I mean, him, yeah. him getting the opportunity to go with the rag company and leave his business. And yeah. that was a huge, huge thing. And it was a yeah. huge thing for the industry, especially him. He's become yes. I mean, yeah. yeah, golden for the situation. Yep.
1: Yeah. So he's always been such a great mentor to me and friend. And so that really kind of started turning things. And then, you know, I would go down there twice a week and chat with him about, you know, products I needed challenges I was having. And then every time a new product came out, he would say, you've got to try this. Um, and so it just kind of evolved from there. And then I started getting referrals of, you know, fancier cars, not necessarily just the mom vans. And so I needed to know how to better care for, you know, I needed to know more about paint. I needed to know more about, um, you know, higher end cars and things like that. So then I just started doing a lot of research and study and, you know, would listen to everything with Rennie, you know, I bought his book, um, you know, just all of those resources. And then I went to SEMA every year and I couldn't believe how much I would learn just by going to the different booths and talking to the representatives. And, and it just was, you know, talking to them, I was like, these are my people, these are my people. So that's just, that's kind of how it started. And then, um, well, that rolls into PNS. I don't know if you're ready. To
0: no, no, that. no, that's fine. Well, you know, with your <laughs> homework and your research is always curious when yep. I have somebody who's, who's a, who's a fellow mafia member. And uh-huh. what is it that, you know, just, you know, I, I love when p- other people can hear this, what is it after all the research you did? There's, there's a lot of good trainers out there. There's a lot uh-huh. of good, uh, courses. Um, what led you into, more of Rennie's direction with the detailers network and what he had to offer? What was it that really sat with you to go that way?
1: You know, honestly, I feel like one of the biggest things that drew me to Rennie and that network was he really focused on the business side, because I think no matter what, you can be the best detailer in the world. And if you don't know how to run a business, you're not going to be successful. And I thought that that was really important and honestly, from my dental background, that was kind of the same. Um, I would come across a lot of dentists that went to dental school, but they were never taught how to run a business. And so it was kind of the same in the detail industry. So I thought that was really great that he was helping train detailers on how to run a business and make this a lifestyle business versus just the grind to pay your bills type thing. Um, and then when I met Rennie in person, he was like just a real person, you know, so real and so down to earth and not, um, you know, was never like I'm above you and, you know, and he's always been very supportive of women in general. So, you know, I was probably drawn towards that network just because of that, just, you know, real people and really good, um, advice.
0: Yeah. And he, there's no gender in detailing with him. You're a detailer Yeah. male or female. You're a detailer. Yeah. You get talked to and treated the same way across the board. Yes.
1: (laughs) And I had, you know, dealing with other groups at CMA and stuff, there was definitely, you know, more talk or less acceptance from other groups that, you know, and there was none of that with, um, with Rennie's crew. So was definitely drawn and just, just such a real person, you know, and I really appreciated that.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly what it comes down to is a Mm -hmm. lot of people and their feedback on, on Mm -hmm. why they went with Rennie and his training was just exactly what you said. Yeah. And it's funny because it's the same thing every time. And then mm-hmm. it's also the same feedback on what else is out there. And there's a lot, you know, a lot of people have gone through, there's even quite a few in our group that have gone through multiple yeah. trainings as well. And they always find their way right back. Yeah. You know, to, to be like, man, you know, not to yes. say I wasted money, but I learned all the same stuff and it was like, Oh, yeah. So, but there's a lot of good stuff out there. You're right. Um, And, you know, and now with, with the females in the industry and the women of detailing, it, it really helps having somebody like you as a brand ambassador and other women in the industry as well that are putting forward for the entirety of yeah. women in the industry. Yeah. you know That way it, it takes those groups that may have had other perspectives yes. and it changes their perspective. Yes. Yes. And that's, yeah. that.
1: it, it's exciting. It's exciting representing women. I think, um, you know, looking back at my career and stuff, I go, this is such a great industry for women because it, you know, allows you to manage your own time, be home with your kids, um, do something that is very satisfying every day. You know, we get immediate gratification from it and, and we're really good at it. You know, women are really detail oriented. And so it's just, it's a really good fit. And I'm surprised that, you know, more women don't do it. And I really, you know, think they should, if you're, if somebody is really detail oriented and wants to run their own business, it's something that's like such a little, um, investment to get started and such a huge payback when you, you know, keep reinvesting. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Which that goes for men and women, but you know, women who are looking to do something for their
0: own, it's such a great opportunity. Well, and I have to say from my personal experience with working with men and women, naturally Mm -hmm. women have a better eye for detail out the gate than most men. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's, it just, no reasoning behind that. That's just yeah. how it works. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It is what it is. So now with, um, with your experience at SEMA and everything now going into, I guess the first thing was your training with Rennie and mm-hmm. after SEMA, how did, how did that take off as far as, uh, which, which SEMA did you decide to pull the trigger or was it an after or before SEMA?
1: Well, that was after, so I'd been at SEMA several years and then I went to one of Rennie's one day or it wasn't called one day extreme. It was his role killer tour. Wow. Um, I think that was like in 2018 maybe. And then went to, so I went to that, met him in Boise and got to talk to him. And I remember it was so exciting because I was really excited to meet him. Right. And then Levi had told him the night before, um, I get Well, actually they were talking, Rennie was talking about Hidden Springs and said that, you know, back when he lived in Boise that they had looked at a house up here. So he was telling Levi, yeah, we almost built a house up there back in like 2008. And Levi said, oh, there's a detailer that did that you know, built a shop up in hidden Springs. And he was like, no way. And then he said, yeah, and it's a girl. And so then Rennie was like, what do you mean? You know, (laughs) So the next day Levi came up and he said, Rennie's dying to meet you. You got to go introduce yourself. And I was just like, what do you mean? Rennie's dying to meet me. Like that was so cool for me. And so I got to meet Rennie there. And then a couple months later went to SEMA and met Bob and everybody, obviously it was a little bit short because there's, you know, how many other thousands of people trying to get to him. So it was kind of a brief meeting Um, and then in, what would that have been 2019 in March, that's when Bob and Dave and Rennie came to Boise and they stopped by my shop late one night so that they could see my shop. And we just, we talked for like an hour and a half and it was so cool. And, and then after that, that's when we kind of started talking about me working with the team. And then I went to train with Rennie in July of 2019.
0: So as far as working with the team, what position is go in depth about that for me? What, what do you do with PNS and your, yeah. your position and all that good stuff?
1: So it's been kind of naturally evolving. Um, you know, after those guys left, uh, Bob called me a couple months later and said, you know, we just feel like you need to be part of our team, you know? And he, he even said, like, I don't know what that looks like you know, we'll just have to see. And so then I went to training and then I was put on the McCall's um, detailing team that first year. So in August of 2019, I went to McCall's and that was really intimidating for me because right. I had just come on, nobody knew who I was. And all of a sudden I show up at McCall's, you know, and it was, it was really intimidating. And I remember, you know, the first person I met was Kyle. And um, there's a lot of funny stories from that trip. And it was just Clicked with everybody right away. It was so awesome. We had such a great time. And so then from there, you know, I went to SEMA um, you know, as a brand ambassador for PNS, that SEMA of 2019 was there the whole week. That was awesome. And the very
0: last SEMA that we were very last SEMA, yeah. attend- in attendance for. Yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. It's only like two years ago, but it's
1: like, oh, I know. I know. Well, this year's gonna be awesome. Um, so then just from there, it kind of started evolving and you know, I started getting more involved in the industry, helping out more detailers and then doing a huge deep dive into the PNS line of products. Um, there was a lot of products that I lovingly call like the basement products that nobody knew about. And so, you know, I started really digging in there and having a lot of fun and talking to Dave about it. And, you know, so some of them have been reinvented, some have been changed. And so we're kind of, you know, digging through some of those, there's some real hidden gems in, in the line that's been around forever. So that's been a lot of fun. And then, you know, I've gotten to be involved in a lot of the testing and creation of a lot of the new coatings that have come out, which has been a lot of fun. And so it just kind of naturally evolved into what it is now, which is, you know, I am a brand ambassador for them. Um, I do a lot on the product testing side and, um, you know, help out at the one day extremes, go and help train and all of that. So, and then I do a lot of their social media and that's been a lot of fun. So obviously 2020 kind of threw it into this whole, everything's online, but it's really advanced a lot of stuff, which has been great. So, yeah, so really got their, you know, social media in order last year. And we've been using that a lot more and just brand awareness has really gone up a lot, a lot. So yeah, it's been great. And I I mean, what a what a great team to be part of. Such so, a
0: huge how does that reflect now, you know, again, because you're so organic with your business. Mm-hmm. Going through training, we'll start there. Yeah. How much did that affect your craftsmanship to better your business?
1: Um, definitely a lot. And it definitely helped me on the paint correction side. That was one thing that even going into training while I did it, I wasn't super confident in it. I wasn't super confident in, you know, some of the more serious situations where maybe you needed to like wet sand or dry sand and things like that. So starting to learn some of that really helped a lot. And then just the business organization and just the confidence in being a detailer. Um, before I went to training, I think I still kind of looked at it because I didn't have my people, right. I didn't have all these people to stand behind me. I was just alone. And so I did always feel like the girl that just washed cars down the street. You know, I always felt like inferior, like the cleaning lady. And so I think that it definitely gave me my voice and my confidence that, you know, I have worked really hard to build this business and I should be proud of it. And I should put myself out there, you know, as a pretty, you know, amazing, uh, business owner. So that it just gave me a lot of confidence in myself and what I had done. Whereas before it was more, it was getting to the point where I was wondering how long I could do it because I was so tired and just putting myself through the grind and cleaning these dirty cars. And, you know, the customers were happy, but it was, it was lonely without a team and without an industry. So that was definitely a turning point. I mean, I think before I went to SEMA that first time, I was definitely thinking about shutting down because I just was so lonely, and it was so dirty and gross. And you've got to have that other side to make the dirty side worth it.
0: <laughs> so that's a, that's a powerful statement, because that applies to a lot of the details that may be getting burnt out because they're in their own bubble for whatever reason. Yeah. And that's yeah. not a negative thing that you're in your own bubble. It's just you're mm-hmm. you're so busy with your own life and your own lifestyle of the business yeah. you built, that yeah. there's really no time to go outside of that. So mm-hmm. to your point, though, going outside of that helped kind of reignite the fire and yeah. passion
1: yes, and, for and sure. kind of
0: give you a different perspective to have a new path mm-hmm. for the same yeah. thing.
1: Yep. And I think just connecting with other detailers is so important. And whether you do that through SEMA or MTE, or even just going to trainings, connecting with other detailers is just awesome in itself because it does give you those people. If once I had people to text during my appointment and go, what should I do on this? Or what do I do on that? Or, or having them reach out to me too. That just, it solved so many, um, issues that I had with my business before. So just the connection of having other people that do what you do is amazing. And you know, however one goes about that, I think that is so important.
0: Yeah. Cause it gives you different points of views on how yeah. to approach things. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now how much of your brand ambassador position do you think has, elevated or contributed to your business now at this point are you using that as ammunition for you know just or the customer scene or how is that working out for
1: you um you know most of my customers do kind of know about it um you know i've got a lot of stuff up on my walls in my shop and and a lot of them do see it on my personal um you know social media and so they see what i'm doing and a lot of my customers are so excited about it because they literally remember me you know, being in my driveway. And so, you know, I do have a lot of customers that, you know, when I announced that I was going to McCall's, I mean, I remember a couple ladies called me crying, you know, they were just like, Oh, I just remember, you know? And so that's been really fun. Um, and then I think, you know, I think because my, my base is referral based, right. So I don't do any advertising. So, um, for me to get new customers, they have to be referred to me. And so generally speaking, they do go to my social media and they kind of see, um, what I'm doing before they call me. So that's kind of fun, you know, and, um, it's, it's funny to me when my customers that have come to forever, they say, Oh, I saw you on YouTube yesterday, (laughs) you know, and they get so excited. So I think they get it, but I don't know that they totally get it. You know? Um, I think they just think that I do fun videos and I mean, everybody's proud of me and they think it's so fun, but, um, yeah, it's been, it's been kind of a transition. I think probably more so I have certain customers that are more worried about me closing my business. (laughs) So that's generally what you might get
0: too busy with everything you got going on. So I
1: think that sometimes that's more of their concern is like, well, that doesn't mean you're going to shut down.
0: (laughs) No, it's just, you're balancing very well. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Now, now, you know, since the early days to now, obviously you're all in, you're doing complete Mm -hmm. interior details, exterior at whatever level. You're also getting definitely a more premium clientele along with more premium vehicles. than And what you used to get as well. Yeah. Yep. Now, how have you structured your business around that newer way of, of things that you've adapted to or have evolved to? Are you keeping a certain structure of time and, and mm-hmm. really managing a lot of it? How does that break down?
1: Yeah. Um, I pretty much just try to only book one car a day, which I used to try to do more than that, which was crazy. Um, I do a lot more ceramic coatings now. So, you know, those take an entire day by myself. So I really just book one car a day and then, you know, schedule my, try to schedule my days out for days that I'm doing PNS work. Then I, you know, shut down those days and then just schedule my regular shop days around that. Um, I try to keep it during the week. I try to not work weekends, um, just to be with my family and keep, you know, cause it is a little bit chaotic with my shop in my house, right. It's meaning that we don't really have our personal space. So yeah. I try to, try to close down on the weekends just so that we have our personal space and, you know, can come and go in our own garage and not have it be weird. Um, so my, my goal is to always be done working before my kids get out of school. Obviously 2020 threw a complete wrench in that.
0: They're (laughs) home all the time. They're They're not coming over to school.
1: And and I was working till nine o'clock every night, but, um, but that's getting better. They're back in school. And so getting back on a better track, but yeah, it's, it's been a little bit crazy to manage everything. Um, but so, yeah, I just, I try to keep it organized, try to keep one car a day. Um, I tend to stay about six weeks booked out. So, you know, that makes it fairly organized because it's yes. not scrambling, like, oh, how do I feel this day or
0: whatnot? Um, so, yeah, it works. Do you have hours that you tell people that you're available, like during the day, that way they don't overstep the boundaries of, because they are coming to your house.
1: Yeah, that is a little bit hard. That is a little bit challenge um, where I'm at is, I think, because most of my customers are my neighbors, they think that they can just come get the car <laughs> whenever. <laughs> so sometimes- back back. Yeah. Sometimes that is a challenge just because they think, oh, we're in the neighborhood and you know, they'll say, can I leave my car overnight? (laughs) And it's like, sure. That means I have to park outside, but okay. But it's fine. It it honestly works out fine. Um, so I try to be, you know, I try to start at 9.00 AM. I try to be done by five or six. I try to have them come pick up their cars, but there's a lot of late 10 PM pickups and that's fine.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's part of being at home and doing it at home. Yeah. There's a, there's a convenience and then there's a slight inconvenience that follows that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm my own worst enemy. I'm the one that says yes to everything. So (laughs) I'm like, Oh yeah, that's fine. That's fine. (laughs) So yeah.
0: Now is your husband still involved or are you doing most of this single-handed?
1: So I do it all alone. Um, he obviously is here to support me whenever I need it. And so he works until, you know, about five and if he comes home and I'm still working, he will of course always jump in and help me. Um, he does never let me finish by myself if he's here, but I try to have everything done, you know, before he's home and usually the garage is blocked. (laughs) So he doesn't usually get to pull in the garage, but, um, but yeah, he'll always help me if he's here or if I do for some reason have to work on a Saturday, he always helps me, but, but he's definitely not part of the planned picture. I guess I would say like, I, I don't want him to have to work, but if he's here when I'm still working, he definitely helps me.
0: And I take it the tables a turn. Now you're showing him how to do stuff from yes, all that yes, you've experienced. All time. Yes. All time. I'm <laughs> like, dude, you got to wash above the plate. <laughs> it's funny how that works. And yeah. you know, you get somebody who shows you something and then yeah. you go out and you, 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 you advance yeah. and you return. And then it's like, Hey, you know, I can show yeah. you this and it's, it's, it's nice. It compliments. It's a, yeah. It's yeah. Amazing.
1: I mean, I've had to show him a lot on um, the paint correction side. Cause you know, what he would do would be simple, like single scratch fixes and things like that. And so, you know, that's been kind of fun to come home and go, you know, and I remember one year, um, I was out of town and he had to get water spots off a black Ford Explorer for me and he used polish, you know, that's all he knew. And I remember him doing it. He said he took him like four hours, you know, and then as I've learned how to get water spots off a vehicle, like we always look back and laugh at that. Like, Oh, if we would have only known that it could take 10 minutes (laughs) to remove the water spots. Holy cow. So, I mean, like we look back at some of that stuff and laugh because, you know, as far as what his knowledge is, is 20 years ago, you know, where where detailing was 20 years ago. And so, um, but yeah, it's, it's fun for him to see the things that I've done. And I mean, he loves it. He loves that. Um, you know, I get to go out there and have fun and see cars. He's jealous that I get to see the cars. You yeah.
0: Know. What guy wouldn't be? I mean, you For get sure. to have all the fun <laughs> yeah, around cars. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. With, um, you know, with as busy as you are and everything going on, obviously you're not going to shut your doors, but what about, you know, when you get to a point to where that's teeter totting on I'm too busy, are you going to maybe get a shop or have you thought um, about that?
1: No, that's not really on my radar. Um, I, that is just not one of my personal goals because I think that, you know, I've run the numbers on paper and I think shops are great for a lot of people, but I've run the numbers and I just, I would have to work so much harder. And, you know, cause I look at what I'm able to make in my home
0: mm-hmm. and
1: for me to be able to take home that same amount, working in a shop, I would have to work so much harder or I would have to have myself invested so much more financially. And, you know, I'd have to have employees, and all of that, and so for me, that's just not one of my goals. Um, my goal in my business would be to bring it more focused. So, you know, mainly keeping the customers that I have and doing maintenance details and ceramic coating. Um, I would like to get to the point where maybe I'm not taking new customers, um, unless it was like a coating or something like that. But one of my biggest goals, and this is going to sound terrible, but one of my biggest goals is to be able to like not take any more new full details, like minivans. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, so I just great goal
1: because that's such a huge time. I mean, you know, that's two to three times the time frame of a normal detail. And so and I would effort la- with the customer too. Yeah. So I would like to be able to actually scale my business back to be it's where it's the most profitable appointments and just focus on those. Um, so that would be my goal is just to kind of, um, focus my business more. And, but not necessarily grow it anymore, if that makes sense. No, it makes Um, makes
0: plenty of sense because you're not necessarily growing based on more customers. You're growing based on the customers you have to continue what you've already established. Yeah. And a lot of people, yes, they want to grow bigger. They want to go bigger, harder, go crazy. Yeah. With that said, in your perspective, are you still taking, being that you're at home and you don't have a lot of the crazy overhead as a shop owner? right are you still marketing i shouldn't say marketing but mm-hmm. you know charging accordingly based on your skill set and who you are versus oh i don't have this over it i could charge less i could be the cheaper yeah. person in town how is your perspective on that
1: yeah again my own worst enemy i know that i'm not charging my total worth and that's something that i try to work on um and that's one thing that i learned at rennie's training is that you know I, I was, especially the first years in business, that was always my excuse was, well, I don't want to charge what the shops down the hill are because, you know, I don't have overhead. I don't have employees, but it was like, you know, and then when I went to training and realized, wait, my customers are getting a way better service and experience that I should be charging more. And then, you know, based on all my certifications and all of that, I should be charging way more than shops in town because they're getting a really private you know, really good, like spa, like experience. And so I should be charging more. So I'm, I'm working on that. Um, you know, I didn't want to just take a huge leap. So, you know, I've tried to be slowly increasing my fees over the years. Um, so the answer is no, I don't think I'm charging my worth, but I, but I'm fully aware that I need to.
0: And I only ask that because in in most scenarios, like you just had mentioned that people work out of their homes, Yeah. not everywhere you can do that, but for those who do and are able to legitly, yeah, that's kind of the mindset I've noticed so where like, yeah. oh, and it's not about necessarily not charging because of the overhead, but it's the right. market value, right? Yes. You know, what's the market value of who you are, what you've gone through, your certificates, all that still adds up to So whether you're doing it under your personal roof or a shop roof, right. it should still be the same labor rate. Right? And yes. I just try to get that point across because a lot of people at home, they don't think that way. Their mind doesn't okay. go that direction. Yeah, um, and so and it's but- a hard hole to dig out
1: of, right? Because you know I have customers that have come to me for eight years and they're expecting that their details are going to be that first price that I charged. So that is always one of my biggest um, pieces of advice to new detailers when they call and say, "I'm setting up a home shop." You know, I get that call every week. Um, what can you give me advice on? And that's always the first one is do not undervalue yourself, and use the excuse that because you don't have
0: overhead, because it's a really hard hole to climb out of. Really yeah. Hard. And there's a couple different you know ways to go about that. You could say, hey, you know, the normal price for this service is 300, but I'll give it to you for two and a quarter just because of yep. this, that and other thing. That right. way they know the value, but they also yep. know you took care of them because you don't have the overhead and yada, yada. Yep. Or every year there's an inflation, you know, mm-hmm. every year, I just want to mm-hmm. let you know ahead of time, the price rate's going to go up 10%. Uh, yep. First couple of years, no big deal. But if you've been with Thank me for five or eight years or 10 years, that 10%, mm-hmm. actually gets them to where you need to be to make money. Yep. Yeah.
1: And you know, over the years, I mean, things get more expensive, right? You want to start buying better equipment. You, um, you know, have to increase your insurance, you know, things like that. A lot of that comes up as you become a bigger business. And I think that was one of the things that I did wrong was I forgot to factor all of that in. And so, you know, two years into the business, all of a sudden I was like, wait, this isn't, even though I'm working more, it's not going, you know, and it was because I was using better products, better supplies, better towels, you know, upping my insurance, you know, making sure everything was above board and that's expensive.
0: Yeah. It all adds up what's going out versus what's coming in become two different things because you're buying quality stuff, but you're not getting quality rates. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, it's a, it's a weird, it's a tug of war is what I call it, you know? Yeah. And, and a lot of them, you know, and just like any shop even, you know, when you want growth, it's, it's hard with the existing customers always. Yeah. Yeah. It's the new customers that you could expose them to your new numbers, your new services. Those mm-hmm. are the ones that are eventually, if you're in business long enough, will, you know, surpass the older customers because yeah. let's all face it, you know, eventually certain customers just kind of tend to mm-hmm. die off, not yep. literally, but. Right. Just stop using you for whatever reason, because it's a luxury business. It's a luxury service. So, so be it. But as you get new customers and they replace those old customers over the years, yes, that's what kind of gets them on board to your current or relevant rates. Yep. Yep. And that's what I'm trying to focus on for sure.
1: So yeah, I would just like my business to become more focused. And then obviously I want to continue to become, you know, more of an influence in the industry and, you know, do more travel more Just because that, I really love that. I love sharing the craft. I love helping, uh, mentoring and all of that. And so, you know, I would like to find a balance of, you know, keeping my uh, my shop focused because I don't want to give that up, but then, you know, being able to be out there more in the industry, which I think obviously after this year, once we can go back to traveling more and things like that, you know, my schedule will, you know, I'll be doing more events and things like that.
0: Well, and you already have the, the proper execution of that. It's the same thing that a lot of us have done. where We're able to, especially being by yourself, you can yeah. manage your schedule a lot better. Yeah. And yeah. it allows you to, okay, this is the week or a couple of days I'm going out of town. There's nothing yep. on the schedule. And right. the customers just have to realize that that's just yep. not dates available. Right. And most of the time you don't really get much resistance or question and the yep. other side of that, a lot of times they're happy for you because you're doing other things to keep you engaged and to better yep. their services they're going to get. Yep. So, yeah. 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 And that's, that's where the, I think you're right on the growth part. You know, you start to expand and get bigger that, that, that balance starts to yeah. rock a little bit. Yep.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, I just want, I, my business is great right now. Like I said, I just would like to maybe stop taking new
0: dirty cars. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything new that you have going on with PNS at the moment? I mean, what's the newest, hottest thing that you, of course, speak on that—that that is something? Um, uh... You know, there's just a
1: lot changing um, every week. There's so much growth, and and it's crazy. Um, right now at PNS, they're expanding the warehouse, um, expanding the fill lines. And which is super exciting, building a new training center. Uh, We just released legend two weeks ago, which is our new premium coding, which has been um, so awesome. It was 18 months in the making. And so the whole team had been working on it. And that was just, it's, it's kind of fun to be working on something for so long and then have it finally come out. And um, the reception for that has been great. So that's been a lot of fun. And, you know, working on some new chemicals for this year, which is super fun. I love, I love the testing process. That's my favorite and just gearing up for all these events coming up. So we have the next event will be um, my event actually, which is my car show here in Hidden Springs. And this is my seventh year doing that. And so my team is coming. So Bob, you
0: never, you never touched on that. Tell us a little background on that. I know that's a big part of everything yeah. that you have going on with you including your business so yeah so
1: seven bit. years ago um a friend my friend that lives in the neighborhood john and i got together and we were like hey we would love to have and we thought of it kind of like a cars and coffee thing you know and we were thinking just small neighborhood um similar to what happened with my business we thought oh just small neighborhood everybody drive down and park your car and we'll have like a little tiny car show right <laughs> and um The first year that we did it, we had like 55 cars, which was crazy because we literally just like threw together this car show and you know, it's up in our neighborhood, up in the hills. And so we've been doing it for seven years. Um, it is literally one of the best car shows in Boise. And I don't just say that because it's mine. It is really, really fun. It's awesome. Um, the setting up here is absolutely beautiful. The front of our neighborhood is built like the back lot at universal studios. Like everything looks kind of fake. It's you know, like there's, like I said, the mercantile in a little preschool. And so we have it up in the town center up there. We close off all the streets and, um, we have to cap out at 150 cars, but like this year we're almost already sold out. I think we have like five spots left. Oh, wow. And, um, last year we were sold out before Corona. And then, um, so it is, it's one of the best shows in Boise. It's super awesome. And, um, so this year my whole team's coming, which I'm super excited about. We have one of the premier car builders here in Boise is unveiling a car at our show, which is super fun. And we just have a lot of, you know, industry people coming, the rag company is coming. Um, there's another detailer here in town called Lupo motors that like buys and sells, um, you know, nice cars, and then they have a really nice detail studio. And so they always come and support my show. And, um, so it's, and it brings in obviously a huge amount of the public, right? So everybody drives up the Hill and it's just, it's a really, really fun show. And so I'm super excited for PNS to be involved this year, but we are using it as the kickoff for our park and shine program. So last year at SEMA PNS, um, launched the park and shine program. So we're using that as a national park and shine day. So there will be other locations around the U S on that same day that will be doing park and shines. So, but this one will be kind of the home base, you know, for that day. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm super excited about it and it's, it's a lot of effort, but now it's kind of a well-oiled machine, you know, Yeah. but it's, it's really fun. I really enjoy it. And it's kind of a, I would call it like an eclectic car show. It's not just all the 69 Camaros. It's a, a range. I mean, we have yeah. moving trucks and old mail. You've delivery. got something
0: to show. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's just
1: it's everybody. It's everybody and everything. So it's a lot of fun. So I'm super excited about that. So that's coming
0: up on June 5th. June 5th. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. that's actually, that's the same time as the, uh, yeah. Uh, Southern detailers conference. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday or last year
1: when, uh, when Daryl had to reschedule that conference and I saw the date, I was like, no, <laughs> darn it. Because that's been our date the whole time. So we always do it the Saturday after uh Memorial day. So yeah, I was kind of bummed about that. So we're con- dividing and conquering this time.
0: So. That's okay. There's, you know, that's, that's, it's a good thing for the industry overall, especially yeah. after last year with having yeah. events yeah. like this now popping off the way that they yeah. are. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we have a lot of events coming up. It's going to be exciting. Um, you know, I'm just excited for everybody to get back together and be able to chat and hang out and regroup, you know, last year yeah. was, rough. and it's funny because last year, I think for most of us, it was an amazing year business wise, but you know, it was just rough being all separated and not being able to connect. And so I think, you know, I'm super excited about that.
0: Yeah. I, I honestly am kind of grateful for last year, you know, mm-hmm. it's the- years of traveling and then finally me personally (laughs) expanding and then having all this on my plate with responsibility and being like, Oh my God, I got to leave like once a month. And then it was like, no, you don't have to. It's like, yes, Yes. I don't have to go nowhere. I can focus on this. Yeah. So it's, it's, and there's, I've seen a lot of detailers, um, you know, have success with last year Mm -hmm. because their business. Um, and then I've also seen a, a lot of detailers pop up from yeah. last year because of not having jobs and seeing yeah. the detailed community uh, sure. mm-hmm. progress and, and be profitable. And they're like, Oh, we could do that. We could clean cars. Yeah. And you know, some, some took off well, and some not so much. It just right. wasn't, meant, wasn't meant for them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yep. Yep. So with everything said, uh, we're coming to the end of the podcast. Is there anything as far as words of advice that you could give somebody that is starting a business, growing their business or, wanted to dive into the industry side. Is there anything that you could give to the people listening or watching?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, probably the most important thing is have a plan. Um, that you you can't go anywhere if you don't have a plan. So step number one is always have a plan. Um, I do absolutely uh think that everybody should get Rennie's book. It's such a great, you know, um, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's um it's Rennie's book and it's about having a, a detailing business. Um, yeah. sorry, I don't remember the title, but it's I, a yeah, great
0: I, book. I read it. I read it well, two and a half times. Um,
1: it's an absolutely fantastic book for anybody looking to start in the business. And then also just, you know, there's so much value in these podcasts and YouTubes, um, you know, go listen to them and don't focus on the ones that are just, um, you know, how to polish a car, you know, listen to the, everyone's stories, listen to what they did, what they did wrong, you know, learn from all of us that made mistakes along the way. Um, and then obviously the technique is important too, but I think the main thing is to see if a person has the heart for it, you know? And so I think that that's important to see in yourself. You do have it, what you need to run a business, you know, to do the detailing, you know, is your heart in it. And so I think, you know, learn from the podcast. There are some really great podcasts out there that, are not only detail oriented, but even like Rennie's, you know, there's a lot of life experiences in there that, you know, is just so helpful. So I think it's just doing your research and, you know, setting yourself up for success. I think by not making sure what you're getting into, you could be setting up yourself to fail. You know, what do they say? Like if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Um, So I think that's number one is just making sure that you have a plan and set realistic expectations. You know, don't tell yourself that you wanna earn a million dollars next year because that's not gonna happen <laughs> in your first year. You know, so just have a plan and execute it and be your best advocate. And, um, you know, I have always had a motto that I would always wanna work harder for myself than anybody else. You know, as an entrepreneur, I think that that's really important that, you know, give yourself more than you would, you know, a, a corporate position. And then just educate, educate, educate. I like
0: it. Good advice. So as far as where people can find you, uh, just Facebook, (laughs) I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I do have Facebook and Instagram. Um, it is I wash auto detailing on both. And then obviously Sydney Gwynn and, uh, my name is spelled different. So sorry about that. It's S Y D N I not E Y. Um, for those that may just be listening and not see it on the screen. And um, so feel free to check me out on there. Also, if you follow PNS detail products and you have a question, you can always send it there. Um, Kyle and I handle all of those messages and get back to everybody. And then I also, if you need email, you can contact me at sydney at pssales.com or, I Wash Auto De- or I Wash springs at gmail.com. And but yeah, you, it's probably easiest just to find me on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. Cool. I don't have a website.
0: I'm going to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I mean, like you said, you're busy enough to where it's one of those things that take your time on it. That yeah. way it's, that way it's, it's built to your likings. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, thank you, Sydney. And definitely yeah. appreciate it. And, and those who are listening, I mean, uh, this is someone who has eight years experience of her own business. So she's, she's been down that road. She's got the experience and the track record, but also diving into the industry. So for a lot of women out there that, you know, are looking for different perspectives on how to get to that level of where where Sydney's at. You know, reach out to her. Um, she's got a lot of great information to help you out, and of course, business as well. Uh, and that goes for males as well. You know, if it doesn't matter. You're a detailer. You're a detailer. If you want to get into the industry side of it, she'd be a per- perfect person to talk to in regards to that. Um, and then see her at the shows, or if you have questions about you know products from PNS, with her being an ambassador and doing a lot of R&D. Uh, she's very knowledgeable on a lot of that stuff, so that way it can help you out if you come up against the wall with some weird scenarios or something. So, Sydney, thank you. I appreciate your time, I appreciate yeah, being on for, for yes, for number 22 of our Reflection Artist podcast and um, the Reflection Artist Live podcast. Let me correct that, <laughs> and uh, hopefully in the future we'll get you back on again. Yeah, and um, yeah, other than that, thank you and have a good rest of your day. We appreciate yeah, your time. Thank
1: you. you too, thank you
0: absolutely talk to you later see ya bye thanks for tuning in this week to reflection Artists live we hope you had fun and learned something new if you missed an episode or are looking for more check us out on our social media or podcast platforms and join us next week when we have another amazing guest don't miss it we'll be talking business life and detailing Also, don't forget to check out buffandshine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.